welcome to And Why Not, the movie podcast and the nerds who haunted themselves. I'm Stuart Moraine, in each episode I'm joined by a guest to talk about a movie they love and see where the conversation takes us from there. For this special Halloween episode, I'm joined by That Comic Smells, Tom Stewart, to discuss the 1996 Wes Craven meta-horror, Scream. Whether you're a regular listener or joining us for the first time, welcome to the show. Hope you enjoyed the film talk and, and as always, and if you feel like doing so, you can keep the conversation going in the comments on our socials, in the And Why Not Facebook group, or where you see this episode posted. Uh, a quick note in advance, I've included a Baranormal review from uh, for Scream from an episode of Film 97. Um, I've tried to clean up the audio as best I can, but there might be a slight humming sound underneath, because it was uploaded to YouTube from an old VHS tape, so you've got the sort of tracking noise um, that's running through it. Um, so hopefully it doesn't interfere too much, but I just wanted to give you a warning in advance. But yeah, other than that, that's pretty much it. So and um, with an advance warning on spoilers and all that introduction stuff out of the way, let's roll the trailer. Hello. Hello. Who is this? If you tell me your name, I'll tell you mine. <laughs> I don't think so. What's that noise? Popcorn. You making popcorn? Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? Well, just some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. You never told me your name. Why do you want to know my name? Because I want to know who I'm looking at. Someone is playing a deadly game. It all began with a scream over 911. Someone who's seen one too many scary movies. Now, he's taken his love of fear. Hello? Hello, Sydney. One step too far. Do you like scary movies? What's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act who's always running up the stairs when she should be going out the front door. It's insulting. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a scary movie. Number one, you can never have sex. Hey, what? This me. Never, ever, ever under any circumstances say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. Get another beer. You want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back. He didn't make the rules. The police are always off track. If they watch Palm Night, they save time. He just kills by them. Don't answer the phone. Don't open the door. Don't try to hide. Hello, Tom. How are you? Hello, Stuart. <laughs> you all right, mate? <laughs> I'm, I'm all right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say an incredibly rock and roll, but I got a new pair of slippers today and they're fucking lovely. Mm, new pair of Completely slippers. not in with the film we're going to talk about. <laughs> my feet are comfy than they've been for a long time. I was trying to think of a way of tying that back in there, though, but it's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure so, it's in one of the films Ghostface has said he'll wear somebody as a slipper <laughs> Probably <laughs> But yeah, how's things with you? How's uh, how's life? Uh, yeah, not bad, mate um, Just getting used to a new job um, Getting used to the whole new routine and stuff So, you know, what that's like Just trying to stay awake um <laughs> trying to stay focused as much as possible um good thing about this though is that this is the time when i actually get to 
um, binge out on a bunch of TV shows and films yeah. and everything because I have no willpower or anything to do anything else. Um, it's that time of year as well, isn't it, where you just kind of yeah. like, can't be fucked. Yeah. You've just come off summer where it's so hot you can't be fucked to do anything. Mm-hmm. To... Mm-hmm. This sort we... of sudden it's suddenly feeling really cold. Yeah. No, we've been plunged into cold as well. Like, um, we were out walking dogs earlier on. And uh, my mum's walking about with actually like hat, scarf, gloves, you know. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> um, but she's right, it's freezing. Yeah. It's absolutely freezing. Fucking freezing here at the minute as well. <laughs> Two old blokes complaining about the weather. <laughs> Just to add extra rock and roll out, we got the blankets out ready. <laughs> By the time we do our Christmas episode, I'm going to be wrapped up in a blanket at this. And, I know. You know, nobody can afford to put the fucking heating on. Exactly. You're shouting, oi! Get the get, get the three bar heater in here. One. <laughs> It'd be like a zoom version of the end of the thing. Exactly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so instead of a bottle of scotch, we're sitting there with like a big hot chocolate or something. <laughs> like. Ah, <laughs> uh, the dystopian world we're heading to. I know exactly. <laughs> but but anyway, let's. Let's go back to a better time. Let's go back to the nineties. Oh, great! When, <laughs> when uh, slasher movies made a comeback in a great way mm-hmm. with uh, with Scream. So, a little bit of info about the film. So, written by Kevin Williamson, uh, directed by Wes Craven, starring David Arquette, Neve Campbell, Courtney Cox, Matthew Lillard, Rose McGowan, Skeet Ulrich, and Drew Barrymore. Uh, released in cinemas on the 20th of December 1996 in the US and on the 2nd of May 1997 in the UK. Um, it grossed $173,046,656 on an estimated budget of $14 million, according to IMDb. Uh, Roger Ebert gave the film three stars out of four, saying, uh, what did I think of the movie? As a critic, I liked it. I liked the in-jokes and the self-aware characters. At the same time, I was aware that the incredible level of gore in this film is really violent. I don't think it is. Um, and then, on the 21st of April episode of Film 97, Barry Norman said... And finally, we come to Scream, in which the erstwhile schlock horror maestro Wes Craven attempts to blur or even rub out the boundaries between real life and movies. I say erstwhile because this time I think he may have been too clever for his own good. On one level, he gives us a traditional blood-spattered horror pick in which countless teenagers and others in a sleepy American town are slaughtered by a frenzied psychotic who, incidentally, is kicked in the crotch so often by his victims that it's amazing he can still walk. If the local police, personified by David Arquette, had any nous at all, they'd look for a man with a high falsetto and charge him at once. However, Craven also sends his whole story out by having the cast behave as if they're in a movie themselves. The girl most under threat is Neve Campbell, whose own mother had been murdered a year earlier. She has a boyfriend, Skeet Ulrich, and quite apart from being top of the psycho's hit list, she's bothered by a crash TV reporter, Courtney Cox, who believes the man convicted on Campbell's evidence of the mother's murder is innocent. So much for the plot, let the mayhem commence, and it does, with someone being disemboweled, beheaded, or otherwise gravely inconvenienced about every two minutes, while the survivors, all steeped in horror movies, and as far as one can tell, precious little else, try to second-guess the plot by telling each other that in movies like this, only virgins survive, that the first person to say, I'll be back in a minute, will be the next to die, and that the killer cannot be unmasked because there has to be a sequel, all of which sounds rather more amusing than it is. 
If Craven intends his film as a parody of horror movies, he's wasting his time on two counts. In the first place, horror movies, and especially their sequels, are beyond satire because they're already satires of themselves. And in the second place, those whose idea of a good night out of the pictures is to watch hordes of people being butchered don't like anyone taking the mickey out of their simple pleasures. But if he intends some kind of ironic social comment, Craven may have a point. A song in the film has the line, Say a prayer for the youth of America. Good idea, but far too late. If Scream is to be believed, the youth of America are way beyond help, divine or otherwise, their brains having rotted to mush by too much exposure to movies like this. Which I think is a bit harsh. That is very harsh. He was going for it that time, wasn't he? <laughs> Holy shit, he really went for it. It, it was, yeah, it was brutal. But, but this is what this is the thing with this movie, though. It's always been really divisive, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and even though it was a hit, um, I think because it was a hit, um, it it brought a lot of wanted and unwanted publicity with it and yeah. attention, and then obviously got linked with like actual real life murders and stuff like that as well. Yeah, it was it was the whole it was like three or four murders where they claimed they wanted to be like the killers in Scream or something. Yeah, which seems to be inevitable with any horror film as a modicum of popularity about it. Yeah, I, I remember quite a lot of them, and obviously it got tied in with the whole Columbine thing and everything as well. But what didn't at that point, like fucking yeah. Marla, Marlon Manson, anything that was of the out, out of the ordinary was getting fucking. It's just an up with that. easy blame, isn't it? Yeah, rather than just uh, saying these fuckers were evil, it's like no, they watched Scream. Yeah, we we also went through a time at that point of like. I think Ebert's probably emulating a bit there by saying like, "Oh, it's overly violent." Is I, I don't know if you remember, but at that time, there seemed to be a big thing about, "Oh, things are so violent. Everything's so violent. Like, mm. oh, there's so much violence." And like, well, it never ever got toned down at any point. So, <laughs> what's what's the issue? You know what I mean? Like, you go back to the, all the movies and stuff at that time, and if anything, it just went further. Um, and now we're in a stage where like. You know things like Saw and everything that yeah. came after. It's like it got worse. Like I don't... yeah, I was I was thinking it's it's quite quaint to look at this film as yeah. ultra violent because watching it again last night to do this. Um, I, you know I'm not a big horror guy anyway, which is possibly why I like this film because it's not overly horrific. I'd I'd put it more as a thriller, chiller than a, a horror yeah. film. Actually, it's got a couple of I, decent jump scares in it, but I didn't find it particularly. I never have found it particularly scary. Um, it's not been like a, ju- a, a, a jump thing, um, except from the ending. Yeah. <laughs> that caught me by surprise. I forgot all about it. I was like, oh, shit. Um, there's no like scary, scary moments or anything. But I think because it's self-aware as well, that helps. Um, but I was actually really surprised at how much blood was in it. Um, yeah. Because, think, a lot of... like you say, we're used to the souls, the hostels. Yeah. The... But even like you look even at the like, le- most recent Halloweens are just blood soaked fucking yeah, but but like you even look at um, hey, what you call it? Well, take Halloween for example, or Friday the Thirteenth, or Nightmare on Elm Street. Like none of them are really that gory when you watch them back. I mean, the the one bit that really sticks out for me is when Johnny Depp gets taken at the bed and yeah, uh, and the blood Nightmare on Elm Street, up yeah, the ceiling, yeah, but. Even then, I mean, it's on and then it's off again. You don't see it. I mean, it's like, it's gone. Um, And it's one of those things that looks so ridiculous that you don't really... Exactly. Whereas, like... Possibly the worst bit in that is um, Nancy's friend being dragged across the ceiling. 
Yes. I, you don't actually see Freddy killing her because obviously that's happening in the dream, but yeah. what the boyfriend's seeing is the non-Freddy with her up across the ceiling and being... Yeah. Um, but even then, like, I was thinking back and I was like, none of them were... I don't know, there wasn't a lot of blood on the screen for a long time, whereas... Well, no, that was always the thing with Halloween, which is why it sticks out so much in these more recent ones, Halloween, Halloween Kills, and probably Halloween Ends as well, obviously not seen it yet at the time of recording. Um, it's the original Halloween is surprisingly bloodless as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, even when Jamie Lee Curtis is in that, uh, standing, like, looking around, and she's, you know, everybody's going, like, look look behind you, which was in Scream. Yeah. Um, and she gets, you know, stabbed right down her arm. You don't even really see anything at that point. You see the shirt rip. Yeah. And nothing else. And it's like, hmm, okay. Um, whereas there was a lot of blood on screen uh, screen and scream. I was really like, holy shit. Like, that's a lot of stuff. I mean, from the minute go, our boyfriend, like, strapped to the chair and his insides end up coming out. Um but you see a lot of that. Like he's even like he's all battered and bloody and everything before. I was like, holy shit! Like, really bad. And the way Drew Barrymore is offed at the start is really brutal. Um, I think it's particularly brutal because she's so good in that scene, and the um, actor and actress that play her parents are yep. so fucking good. You really genuinely feel that death. Yeah. My because this film doesn't fuck around, it gets straight into it. It gets straight into it. That's exactly what I said to, to my other half. Um, I said I'd forgotten how quick it gets into it. It literally comes up on the screen, scream, and then we're off. And the phone like, rings, and then yeah, the phone rings right off the bat, and it's like, Hey, you know, speak to me, and you're like, Holy shit. Um, like it's right in. Um, it's funny because when I first heard about this film, I was petrified of scary films, couldn't watch mm. any of them at all. And uh, my pal liked to describe them to me because he wanted me to watch them. He was like, if I describe it to you, will you then watch it with me knowing what's happening? I said, oh, yeah, all right. Um, because we were a lot younger. So, like, I, I was just, I was way young. I didn't want to watch it. Whereas he was like, that whole thing of like, oh, my folks will get me a scary movie and we'll watch it, like, staying over or whatever, you know. Um, but he described the first scene to me in great detail but exaggerated it so I'm hearing all this thing about her being strung up and all this kind of stuff and her guts out and all that shit but he'd made such a big spectacle of it I was actually genuinely expecting like this girl cut from like yeah tongue right down and being like oh my god your brain always makes it look worse than it actually is (laughs) yeah yeah and he'd really went into detail like he did the whole thing about her saying like when she was doing that last night, when I when I was watching it last night, and she's doing the whole trying to scream for her mum after being stabbed in the neck, and she's going like, Mom. "I," he did that so well that I could see him still doing that. <laughs> I was going like, "Holy shit!" Like I can remember my mate Steve going, "Mom," <laughs> the whole thing, and um, yeah, I think that description like really set it off. So I'd always wanted to kind of see it after he he told me that. And we ended up, I ended up not watching it with him because uh, his folks didn't rent it. But it was one of those that always got rented at every single like party or sleepover yeah. that we'd have with folks after that because everybody just wanted to watch somebody, you know, shitty slasher film or whatever. And um, it was always Scream. It was always Scream or Scream 2 that they, that they got. Um, and yeah, it's just, it was just so much more brutal than I thought, especially with it only being like, what is it? 
less than 10 minutes of a startup or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, well, I went to the cinema to watch it because I found my ticket and took a photo of it. Oh, um, nice. <laughs> so I can tell you exactly. I went on the 20th of May, 1997. It was the 1225 show in, but I bought my ticket at 1258, which means I walked in halfway through that Drew Barrymore scene. So until it, I got it on video, I never actually saw the whole Drew Barrymore scene because I think my bus was late, but I was determined I was going to see that fucking film. Yeah. Because I'd been reading about it in Empire and probably Total Film as well, because it was the hot shit mm-hmm. that everybody was buzzing about. Because obviously, I guess we had it five months after it got released in America. Yeah, yeah. So the buzz around it was... Because um, when I think back on 90s films, this is one of the defining 90s films for me, because I was the perfect age for it, for one. And it just sort of, it's that perfect time capsule of that little period. Yeah. 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 Um, The soundtrack's fucking amazing. It really is. (laughs) Uh, No, I still loved it. Like, I was listening to it being like, this is great. Um, It's quite funny as well, because obviously one of the biggest actors of that time, really, and another encapsulation of 90s is Courtney Cox. Yeah. You know, for Friends, like, Friends was huge. Um, if you think about it, like obviously a lot of them have done well since then, but you think about the time of when Friends was going on. Not a lot of them did well during that time. Like, yeah, if, I think because a lot of them played up to their friends' personas, didn't they? Yes. Yeah. It's like whereas, Matthew Perry with like the whole nine yards, whatever oh. it was, and all that sort of stuff. It's like it's just a variation on Chandler. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Aniston seemed to have the most success in rom coms, but basically playing playing a variation on Rachel. But this, yep. I mean, it, it was kind of Monica ish, or as Monica went further on in the series, mm-hmm. where she, you know, control freak monster. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but was, she's so good in this. She's amazing. She is amazing, which always makes me think, like, why don't we see her in more stuff? Is it just that she doesn't want to, or is it that she got really used to doing television, so she went on to like Cougar Town and stuff? I don't. I can't, that as well. Yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember. She was one of the hot contenders for Lois Lane in the nineties when I they were see trying why. to do that. Superman lives. Yeah, I mean, I purely off the back of this, I think, and you know, friends. She, she. Oh my god, she, she was absolutely like. I remember always being absolutely obsessed with her when I was younger, but Scream, it was like, holy crap. Well, yeah, because for me, it was Masters of the Universe, Ace Ventura, then Friends, mm-hmm. and probably the Bruce Springsteen Dance in the Dark video, yep, but yep. I never clocked it at the time. Um, yeah, and then this. Yeah. Is this um, where they met? Is this where her and David Arquette yes. met? Right, yeah. okay. okay. Yeah, because you had that one Friends opening credits, didn't you, when she first became Courtney Cox Arquette? Yes. Where it was that, and then it was David Schwimmer, Arquette, Jennifer Aniston, Arquette. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They'd all had Arquette, but on the end of the name. <laughs> Which I thought was a nice touch. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's... um. I mean, again, their chemistry in this is really good, considering mm-hmm. that she's manipulating him the whole time, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. And he's just such a rube that he goes along with it. <laughs> I can... It's funny, though, because... The thing that always plays in the back of your mind whilst watching this now is scary movie. Yeah. And every time Dewey is on screen, uh I just I can I just think of fucking Doofy. 
in, in scary movie. But it's because there's actually not that much of a difference. There's <laughs> things that Dewey says that I'm like, oh my god, like he is just doofy. Oh, Mom says when I wear this badge, like you gotta respect me as a man of the law. And I'm like, oh my god, like it just it harks of scary movie, like. What I say about coming in and clean, when I'm cleaning my room, he's <laughs> standing with the fucking vacuum cleaner sucking his dick. <laughs> I'm just like, holy shit! Man. It, it was weird rewatching this, just remembering like like the bit where um, Jude bumps into Billy in the um school corridor before the bit yeah. in the toilet, and just in my head, all I see is the way she runs off in scary movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a. It's a I mean, the fact that this film still, because I mean, in many ways, the Matrix suffers a little bit from, you know, yeah, the amount of parody it had to the point where they moved on for the second one. But the fact yeah. this one still holds up, mm-hmm. I mean, even the Matrix still holds up. To be fair, but it's just in it, it doesn't ruin your enjoyment of the film. Just remembering yeah. the scary plus scary movie has such a short life for what was it, what worked about it. It did, um, but it was funny. I was saying it to my other half last night whilst watching. I was like, if you've watched Scary Movie and you haven't watched Scream, you you know what Scream is all about. Yeah. You know every bit of it because they basically just copy it wholesale, everything. And it's so funny because Scream is literally just a tiny bit more serious Scary Movie, really. Yeah. Because everything, the self-aware aspect of it, there is loads of jokes in it. Um references to the actual actors' names and stuff, the way Ghostface even acts sometimes when he's just, like, you know, shaking his head at stuff and falling about everywhere, like he says, like, getting kicked in the cock. I mean, like, loads of stuff. And I was just sitting going, like, man, this... There must have been... There must have been a load of people at the time watching that going, this may be a comedy. Like, is it? Because Scream 2, 100%. Is a comedy. Yeah, I always remember that. I always remember the little bit at the bottom of um, Scream Two. I don't know if it's still there, but on the DVD cover, it used to say, "What was it? Scarier, bloodier, funnier, or something yeah. like that." Um, and I always remember that and think, like, okay, so they genuinely were out and right, out, out and out, right, making a a parody on like the stuff that had followed on from Scream. Um, whereas Scream was pitched always from the start um, in its covers and its advertisements and everything as a slasher film, like as a, yeah. as a scary slasher film, like you should be afraid. And it wasn't until you actually got into it, you were like, oh, it's just, it's like a, it's like a parody thing. And he's, well, that's the thing, it's, isn't it? It's Wes Craven always, having fun. That was always the thing with um, Scary Movie is that you're parody in a parody, essentially. Yeah. It's like yeah, Barry yeah. Norman said in his review, you know. To the point where even slasher movie sequels were basically parodies of the first, the original one. Yeah, I mean, part of the reason we chose this one after Last Action Hero was that it's another self-aware sort of movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much got, so. Obviously, this was the one Wes Craven did after New Nightmare, mm-hmm. possibly probably the precursor to Scream. Yep, with you know a meta self-aware kind of horror film. Yeah, Freddy and Freddy and the actor from the film and chasing yeah. her down and everything. God, New Nightmare is amazing. It is. Um found my cinema stuff for that as well. I was like, yes, that's what oh, I was nice. Oh, so you lucky fuck. I wish somebody would put all the Nightmare on Elm Streets on as like a uh marathon. Yeah. Go on a, I would go in a heartbeat. Love watching them. Yeah, I do. I mean six is the weakest one for me and then Freddy versus Jason's hit and miss for me, but 
What was six? It was six. Six is Freddy's dead. Oh right, okay. What's uh, what's goes to hell? That's the Jason one, one of the Friday the Thirteenths, and that's where Freddy. Oh, Jason goes to hell. Yeah, so yeah, it's in Freddy's, Freddy's hand, hand comes, comes up. up. That's why I'm thinking. Yeah, because that's why the comic shop I used to go to. That's how I got into horror films. Was that they used to just sell us the Nightmare on Elm Street films? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without any care of how old you were, because um, my stepbrother at the time was um you know kind of into horror so we just and you know that thing when you're like 13 14 like yeah i'm a man now (laughs) nightmare on elm street (laughs) because we love the fourth one which is generally not liked but that was the first one we saw see that's the one i don't tend to like as well i think Um, it's because the first it was the first one we saw and i liked um lisa wilcox yeah that's like you know 13 year old boy crush on her (laughs) and um yeah, then when you go back and watch the first one, you're like, fuck me, this is very fucking different. Yeah, it's very different. It's very different. I think the first one's even extremely more different to the second one. Yeah. Like, it's ridiculous. Which is kind of the same as Scream, in a way, to be fair. Like, each of them have just completely changed. Yeah, I mean, I love this one. I really like two. And then they're pretty much interchangeable after that as to how they go in my ranking. I really loved four. Um, I, See, I didn't watching... like four at the time, but it felt too far away from the original one for me. See, that's what I like. I liked it. it was and a then deviation. when I rewatched it earlier this year, I did a big screen rewatch ahead of watching Scream Five mm. or Scream, as they called it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. I think it was a play on like Halloween and Halloween and <laughs> that right, sort okay. of thing, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, um, I found I really enjoyed four. Um, I quite enjoyed three when I rewatched it. It's easily the weakest of the three of the five, I think. But um, I'm aware you've not seen the fifth one, so I won't get into my issues with the fifth one. We'll get into <laughs> that in four years' time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when there's like seven. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I, no, I, I think because three's not written by Kevin Williamson as well, it really yeah sticks out. Um. Was Wes on for? Was Wes on? Wes did the first for the four. three, oh, for the first four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then obviously because yeah. he sadly died, it was the people who did Ready or Not took over for. Oh, okay. Scream Five, as I will continue to call it. Yep. But this film's just fucking great. It's, it's amazing. Great. It's really good. There's um, there's bits I can give or take in it. Um. Just you know, it's just certain things that I'm looking at and going, God, that's so nineties. Like, <laughs> um, it's just all of the time. That's all it is. It's just landlines. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, oh, the typing out, the typing out the nine one one thing. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, MS DOS for doing nine one one. That's my um, first note in my watch notes is landline. <laughs> yeah, but it's stuff like that. I I found quite. That's that that's got it's yeah. an appeal appeal to it as well, and and ties it to that so it's it's not so bad um and, and video shops <laughs> oh man do you know when i saw jamie kennedy banging into uh what's his face i just always call him shaggy um, uh, Matthew yeah uh, when i see him i just always call him shaggy always um <laughs> when he uh when he banged into shaggy and uh he's got the the trolley with all the videos i was like oh man i missed I miss uh, Blockbuster and Global Video and all of them. Like I miss all of them so so much. 
I've, I've uh, got the same note in here that I had when we did Lost Boys. Of like, I miss video shops. Yeah, I miss I just going to a video shop and it being kind of potluck, or you just seeing yep. something that had a cover that looked shit, but you're like, <laughs> no, nah, I'm in on this. And the fact that because you rented it and paid for it, you were going to watch the fucking thing. Yeah. Well, this was this was it with Scream. Like every time we would have a like a, every everybody having a party or or staying over at somebody's house or whatever. We had a place in the in um, where I stay called uh, Global Video that was open for a long time and they had just you know all the walls and stuff, but it wasn't like Blockbuster where they were all like a slant. They were all bang on, yeah, and they were all tighter in. Uh, that's why I was always never used to Blockbuster for the longest time because they were all stacked, yeah, you know, on that angle. Um, whereas Global, everything was behind the desk on the walls, so the, all the covers were there, tightly packed on the, on the walls. I think we had a global down here. Yeah, they were they were about for a while. I, I found all my old video store membership cards. So yep. like from my first one, the local mum and pop one that was just a tiny little shop mm-hmm. that was just crammed full of videos. <laughs> um I used to go up to them and just get all the ex rental posters. Yeah. Once they were done with them, they put them in a thing, bin by the door. I had weird shit on my wall. I had like Lethal Weapon 3 next to a Peter's Friend poster. <laughs> next to a White Sands poster, which nobody remembers with um, what's her face from Shirley Valentine and Patrick Swayze. Oh, Jesus. Oh, we, have a, we had a movie express along the road from where I stay now. And uh, it's, it always annoys me because they've kept the same logo and everything. But it used to be, it was a movie shop and it was a tanning place at the same time. <laughs> and they just, they just, I know, and they just got rid of the movie aspect and turned it into a tanning place. But it's the same logo and everything, so it still just says Tan Express, and it just annoys the shit out of me because every time I see people going into, it, I'm like, man, I just want to see them walking out with a ton of DVDs. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, they they had a little card. Um, Global had the wee card that had the wee the wee globe on it. But yeah, um, we would always go into Global. And there was always scream dotted throughout because it was always in like the top films of the month or whatever, or the week or whatever. It was always in like the hits, like one to take home tonight or whatever. And it was always in the horror one. So it was always dotted about the shop in different places, just the scream cover. Um, and we would always end up going away with it. Uh, the, the end, like some, you know, so-and-so's birthday party they want everybody to stay over they want everybody to be scared uh, let's get X and Y direct to DVD ones granny and bad taste say <laughs> maybe something like that right and scream it was always that because everybody yeah. had watched it everybody knew it so you were doing what they did, were doing in the film when they're watching Halloween and going and getting ready for them like being off and stuff you know what I mean it's, um, it's such an easy watch though, and it's so well paced there's an efficiency to this film that is just from this beat to this beat to this beat to this mm-hmm. beat. There's no point where you feel like, like I even enjoyed the Dawson's Creaky kind of sitting around chatting thing. Yep. And it, it I, I love that there's sexism fine. in murder with yeah. <laughs> being like a girl couldn't do it. <laughs> I tell you something though, something that I did notice uh, was that there is not a single person of colour in that whole film. <laughs> No, they, not they, a single one. They, they fix it for the sequel in a way that you know. <laughs> yeah, they, they kill two all straight away, but the cameraman lives this in the second one, so yeah, that's not so bad. That's not so bad. But it's just he has so that great thing about you know, it's all what happened to your last cameraman, and brothers do not live long in these situations. Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny though because 
I was thinking like, oh, the bit when it's going between all the news channels and stuff, there'll be something here. Nope, they were all white. One reporter was holding up the mask by the school bus. I think after the curfews announced that there is, you know, what was it? God, I can't even remember. I'm, I'm sitting going, is it? I feel awful being like I found the one person of colour. <laughs> That's such a fucking nineties thing, though. I mean, uh, look at Friends. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But it was just... Uh, I'm not mean... saying it's a Courtney Cox mandate, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, because there were people of colour in Ace Ventura. It's fine. I'm... Yes. It's so noticeable. Um, it does stick out it now. now. It's weird, isn't it? It does. It does. And it was like... I was for going through the... the way everybody gets irate about colourblind casting now, but it really sticks out in films. And... Yep. And it's it's more hilarious when you see the start to Scream 2, because it is like, Bang! Like straight away, he's yeah. like, "Oh yeah, there's Jared Pinkett Smith." You know what I mean? <laughs> straight away, like, there's what's his face from know. House? <laughs> yeah, uh, what's his name in House? Omar Eeps. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was like straight away that you're like, "Oh right, okay, there we go." Yeah, <laughs> they, they've noticed what they've done. You know, and uh, they've tried to make up for it by uh, killing them off. <laughs> like, um. But it, it totally stuck out like a, th- a sore thumb. And also, That's... Jamie Jamie Kennedy. Yeah. Like, I think that... for me, it didn't really stick out at the time, because I mostly... Not at the time. No. Because even in my own like personal life, very few people of colour, actually. I mean, there were a few in my school, but predominantly, we seem to... <laughs> the world just seemed... Like, this is a very dangerous conversation to have. But it is, but no, but the nineties just seemed really white. It either yeah. seemed really white, or like I say, it's such a backward fucking time. Given the nostalgia, I look back on it, the nineties weird, just because you know it was my happy time kind of thing. Yeah. But I know exactly what you mean. It's like, it's like if I could, you know, get the nineties back, but you know, get rid of the homophobia and the racism. <laughs> it was just, I think it always stuck out for me because, I. Uh, there was a load of 90 shows on Nickelodeon and uh, Disney Channel and stuff that predominantly had like all black casts and stuff. Well, that seemed to be the thing, didn't it? You either had an all black cast or an all white cast. There was no. Well, Boy Meets World was always that whole thing of like one of the love interests for the best pal was. Uh, yeah. Uh, Angela, the, the black girl. Yeah. And I'm always like, oh, like. See, I just didn't think about it because it was always it. Mickey and Kel was huge in the nineties, yeah. and that was all black except from the white guy that ran the store. You know what I mean? Like, um, was it you had the Fresh Prince? We had, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, smart guy, yeah, sister, sister, like all of these things. You know what I mean? Like, fucking sister, sister. That was my yeah. Sunday mornings on Channel Four. Amazing, utterly amazing. And it was just, you know, it was just, it's just something I never ever thought about. And then you watch all these movies, and it's like. Holy shit, man! Like, no wonder people go on about it so much. Like, the casting was just ridiculous, and there's no way there wasn't people going up for it and just being. I think it probably doesn't help as well that it's a Miramax film. Yeah, and let's let's be honest. Let's get even more controversial. It's a, a Miramax film. It's a Weinstein Company film. Yeah, and Dimensions star- won that, and it stars Rose McGowan. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I was thinking that last night. I was like, Rose McGowan's really good in this film because you kind of hate her, but at the same time, you really like her because she's fucking yep. awful to Dewey. Yep. But then in the back of your mind, you're like, oh, yeah, but then Harvey Weinstein. Yep. And it's just, 
Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, um, again, it's one of those films you can feel his fingerprints all over. Yep. It's tinged. Not to take anything away from Wes Craven or Kevin Williamson no. or anybody else involved, but it's a great movie, um, despite having learned a load of stuff in twenty odd years. You know what I mean? That's the thing. But that's what happens. Like Well, yeah, it's like you're watching LA Confidential. I'm really liking this film. Oh yeah, Kevin Spacey. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just think of like I think of things like, and I took a completely different tangent as well, like things like Lawrence of Arabia and stuff, and you think of the amount of animals that were killed. Yeah. And just, you know, all the horses that were maimed and stuff just because they wanted to have a horse fall in some sand dunes. Oh, let's just forcibly make them fall, you know. But it doesn't make it a bad film. Like, it was a great film, just some shitty stuff happened to make it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's like, well, a lot of these things, like, shitty stuff happened, but you can't take away the whole thing of the film, yeah. you know, and Scream was Scream set such a precedent for so many other films that came after, and um, was such a, a pinpoint in the that marks the sort of middle um, of a change in all these kind of films as well. Like that, it's showing that all of these films that came before and their sequels were just slowly becoming jokes and stuff so why not just play that up and all this kind of shit you know yeah. it had a weird backward legacy and it reignited franchises like yeah. Halloween for a bit which yeah. you know every horror thing like Halloween H2O and that seemed to get a Kevin Williamson pass at the script and that sort of thing and mm-hmm. I mean I quite like H2O as well but then I suppose you look well I actually know some of the Nightmare on Elm Street from, I suppose the first Nightmare on Elm Street is pretty white yep. and then gradually yeah. people of colour get brought in mm-hmm. Yep. As soon as they get onto the shitty sequels. Yeah. Oh yeah, now we'll start to diversify a little. <laughs> it is such a weird thing, like you say. I mean, yeah. I mean, like I say, you can tear any Nighters movie apart for homophobia or Yeah, you know, completely. Not necessarily homophobia, but you know, homophobic yeah, something, comments, that sort of thing. Something that's not in this film, funnily enough. Yeah. No homophobic comments. A lot of very very sexual comments throughout, but there's a lot of trying to pressure your girlfriend into sex. Yeah, I think my first note on Billy is that Billy really wants to fuck, and I'm not sure flashing him. <laughs> yeah, what what was she thinking? Like, oh yeah, let's get a little hot and heavy. Oh no, please stop, please stop. But just before you go, tits. So, I mean, he is a budget Johnny Depp. And he... He really is. Not to take anything away from him because I've seen him in other things and he's absolutely fine as an actor. But I, I can't think just, of him in anything else. He was in Chill Factor and um, he was in the Law and Order Los Angeles. He popped up in a few things, like, right, okay. trying to distance himself from that pretty boy image. He's in um, As Good as It Gets as well. Oh, he's the model that his friends attack Greg Kinnear's character oh, can't after think. he's posed for the painting. Because their bodies were gutted. Thank you, Randy. They didn't ask me if I liked that. It's because there's no way a girl could have killed them. That is so sexist. The killer could easily be female. Basic instinct. That was an ice pick. Not exactly the same thing. Yeah, Casey and Steve were completely hollowed out. The fact is, it takes a man to do something like that. Or a man's mentality. How do you gut someone? You take a knife. And you slid them from groin to sternum. Hey, it's called tact, you fuckrag. Hey, Stu, didn't you used to date Casey? Yeah, for like two seconds. Before she dumped him for Steve. I thought you dumped him for me. I did, he's full of shit. And are the police aware that you dated the victim? 
What are you saying? That I killed her? It would certainly improve your high school kill. Still was with me last night, okay? Yeah, it was. Ooh. Was that before or after he sliced and diced? Fucking that case, where were you last night? Working, thank you. Oh, at the video store? I thought they fired your sorry ass. Twice. No, I didn't kill anybody. Nobody said you did. Thanks, buddy. Besides, it takes a man to do something like that. Yo, I'm gonna gut your ass in a second, kid. I mean, this cast, considering they were unknown, to the point where the rumour is that Henry Winkler was asked to play his part uncredited so that it didn't overshine the unknown actors that are in the film. Because I think this is the first, other than Drew Barrymore, which is weird. It's like, slap yeah. Drew Barrymore's name on it, but we won't dare put Henry Winkler's name on it. Yep. Which is why I'm like, I'm not sure how true that rumour is, to be honest. <laughs> 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 to be like Drew Barrymore's fine, but everybody knows the funds. <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it weird as well that Drew Barrymore is literally in it for what what we've just said for maybe like ten minutes at the start, and yet big massive picture on her own on the on the side of the poster. That's what they sold it on, wasn't it? Because it's yep. her face doing the scream when it's just the white face. It's her yep. face as well. Yeah, um, and then she's in the ensemble picture. Yep, the ensemble picture. They're all at one side on the right, and she's on her own at the left, like right forward yeah i guess she was the biggest name wasn't she and it was sold on herbie and i think yep. they were trying to do a psycho weren't they that you know so you go into oh, it of thinking course, yeah. that she's your main character of course yeah do you know what didn't even think about that yeah that's right yeah it was and it was she was also a blonde Cause, um, yeah because I, 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 like i say i walked in part way into that and then she died and i was like fuck how much of this film have i missed <laughs> Because uh, that'll be that will have been that, but that'll be exactly that point, mate. Because yeah. it was it was a, a blonde girl getting offed with a knife at the start. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it would have been playing up on the Hitchcock factor as well. Um. Because Psycho is a, a slasher film, really, as well. I mean, obviously, it's the scene everyone talks about the most. It's one of the most memorable scenes from horror. It's the chilling little bits for me. It's like um, just the way he's talking on the phone keeps asking her a name she's like why do you want her name he's like because i want to know who i'm looking at oh so and it's so throwaway but it's just the, her face the music cue and you're just like oh yeah i love this I, film does that actually and it does the creepy feeling of being home alone yeah when neve campbell's walking around the house mm-hmm. and you get the feeling that somebody's already in the house with her um my other half didn't uh, was like what are you keeping on saying and it was i was wondering about getting ready to watch the film and just muttering to myself, uh, listen to me, you fucking bitch. <laughs> like, I was just kind of thinking like that. Like that's, fish. Yeah, I'll cut you like it. You hang up on me again, I'll cut you like a fish. I was like, holy shit. Um, but that oh, that voice. He's got quite a nice warm voice initially, hasn't he? He does, yeah. When he's doing the friendly thing, you're like, oh, oh sorry, I've run the wrong number. Yeah. Yeah, it's like he's like proper... Um, it's like that could easily be the start of a rom com. <laughs> yeah, he's like proper. He's 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 writing at the mic. Yeah, he's going like, oh come on, but you know, got, speak to me. Really warm voice <laughs> until it goes fucking. You know, I got you like a fish. <laughs> <laughs> Who was that? The voice that? Uh, he's been the voice in all of them. I can never remember his name. No. It's like second build on IMDb. Hang on, I'll bring it up. But um, because I liked how they did. Obviously, when she gets the um. When Sydney gets the voice box, you can still hear Sydney's voice yeah. in the background. Um, it goes over once, and then you can hear her again. One thing that I didn't get though about that, when she eventually does get her own back on them, 
why does she then proceed to dress like Ghostface just to off them? Yeah, I, I think it was just to give him a taste. Roger Jackson's the phone voice. Right, okay. And he's been the phone voice in all five. Um, yeah, I thought it was just like a give them the taste of their own medicine kind of thing. It was just um, so weird. Like, oh, you know, oh, where where have they gone? Like, where where have they gone? Um, the, the dad's gone. She's disappeared. And then all of a sudden she was there in like the ghost face. Like, not just the mask. She had the robe on. She, had the she fights dirty in that as well. When she sticks oh, she her does. finger into the umbrella hole, mm-hmm. Billy's stab- shoulder. Stabbing him with an umbrella as yeah. well. Like, amazing. I loved that they all fought back. Yeah. Like, it was just incredible. Um, does Drew Barrymore do it? I don't yeah, know if she, she smacks does. him in the face with the phone. She does. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes down like a sack of thighs. Because um, you, you kind of think, stop hanging around there and just fucking leg it towards the car. Yeah. What you're doing, you stupid bitch. <laughs> yeah. I do love the, the bit where uh, Neve Campbell's saying, um, sorry, I'll just I'll just refer to it as um, Sydney from now on. Sydney's saying the thing of, oh, you know, you're thinking that they should just go out the front door instead, instead of going of up, the up the stairs. And yeah. then she, and then she does it. Yeah. Because she can't go out the front door because he's yeah. there. And um, she's got Chekhov's door upstairs, hasn't she? So. She does, yeah. Um, what I couldn't figure, though, was was that actually Billy or was that Stu? Right, I've... What was going to be one of my things about who's ghost face when and ask you. Um, okay. It's Stu in the house, because I watched yes. a video today on YouTube. Um, it's actually quite a good one. I'll put a link in the thing um, where he's actually watched it, because there's... Apparently, Wes Craven did it, but you could tell who which ghost face was which because Stu holds the knife like this with his palm on the base of the knife. All right, okay. And um, Billy does it one-handedly. One-handed, yeah. And he also strangles Drew Barrymore and he then later strangles um, Sydney. Ah, okay. Because um, it's both Stu and Billy kill Drew Barrymore. Mm-hmm. The common theory is that it's always Billy on the phone, apart from when he's in prison and in jail and... Stu ring Sydney, which you got that awesome bit with Dewey in his underwear with his gun. Yeah, <laughs> hello. <laughs> which scary movie again? Yeah, just trying to sound tough on the phone. Um, yeah, so it's Stu in the house. Which the theory is that Stu was in the house before Sydney fell asleep on the sofa, and he'd just been waiting. Oh, okay. Why you hear a music cue when she opens the door, and she like hears a creaking noise, and then just brushes it off and walks away. Right. Okay. Um, and then it's Billy on the phone, and then obviously when Billy comes in and drops his phone, there's so many great red herrons in this. Yeah. Like the sheriff's boots. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the way it's the fucking sheriff, but yep. There's um, loads. There's loads. They allude to being uh, the principal. They allude to yeah. being Dewey. The uh, allude well, how to... good is Henry Winkler when he's going after those kids? It helps that the phony noise on the knife as well. Yeah. Swiping it. <laughs> Oh, it's, it's scissors. And just the way, he's like, got. yeah, the scissors. Sorry, yeah, and the way, he, like, you know, holds Sydney's face when he asks her if she's okay when she first goes in to be questioned yeah. by the police. Yeah, and then he's got the mask on two minutes yeah. later in the mirror, like, <laughs> <laughs> and then he sees his own and like, oh, and then he yeah. does it again later on before he gets fucking knifed to death. Um, oh, yeah, the theory is that it's so it's Stu in Sydney's house. It's Billy who kills. Henry Winkler, the one in the toilets is a prank one. It's neither of them because oh. the, the trousers and the footwear don't match, and he is not holding a knife. Is the theory yeah, on that? Okay, okay. Because it couldn't be Stu because he was still with Tatum, and it couldn't be Billy because 
the bitchy girls would have seen him go into the toilets after Sydney went in. Okay. Is the theory on that. Um, Billy kills Tatum. Uh, it's Stu chasing Sydney around the house after he pretends to kill Billy. Again, this is all the theories of this one guy, but it does track when you yeah, see yeah. Him, like expertly go through it, having dissected the film and everything. Um, Billy sneaks into the back of the police car as the thing goes up. Yep. Um, then Randy sees Stu, who's gone as Ghostface to check that Gail's dead after she's crashed the car. Both of them chuck um, the cameraman on the, the roof. roof. Um, yeah, and then Randy sees Stu without the mask on. That's how he knows that Stu's one of the killers. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was, the whole way I was being like, uh, I couldn't remember if Randy bit it or not. Um, and then I was going, thank fuck he doesn't. Because yeah. Randy's actually a really good character. J- Jamie Kennedy, I can give or take. Um, but Randy's actually a really good character. Yeah. I mean, the him laying right. out the rules. The um, I think Wes Craven said on multiple times that what happens to Randy in Scream Two is like one of his big regrets. Oh shit! I can't remember. Oh, I'll wait next year. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, uh, it'll come to me because I love. I actually do love these movies and make a, a concerted effort to watch them, but I can't remember for the life of me what happens to him. I can't really remember two all that much. Um, I can remember three. Uh, ish. I remember the whole leaving yeah. the door leaving the door open thing, because um, that bit always I always wait for something to come up. Yeah. That bit uh, I remember four, um, and little twists and stuff in that which were great. Uh, I haven't watched a TV show and I haven't. See, I've never watched. I've yeah. watched the first couple of episodes of the TV show and it just didn't feel like Scream, so I just didn't bother. Well, it's not the same face or anything, is it? No, apparently it's good, but I've just never gone back it's... to it puts me off seeing that face i think if i remember rightly the actual ghost face a uh, mask pops up at some point i think like so, ev- yeah. eventually, I think comes... eventually it comes to being ghost face yeah yeah um but I'd, yeah I just do you think didn't... they'd stop selling that mask i know there was the stab franchise within the universe but you think <laughs> after like five times of it happening in real life you'd be like just let's not sell this mask anymore what's the name on the packaging again is it something like a Oh, was it like, like, oh, I, can't I can't remember. remember it's not like it Doc, Doctor Dream or something yeah. like that. I was like, what? Um, it was just weird. It just didn't make any sense to me. I thought it would be Ghostface. You know what I mean? Like yeah. something, but no. Um, it's like Doctor Dream or Dream Dream Death or something. It was just weird. Um, I love that. Um... Billy gets taken in because he's got a cell phone. I love that in the 90s it was just a suspicious yeah. to have a cell phone. It's like <laughs> you're either a serial killer or a drug dealer, son. <laughs> I liked the whole thing of like I always liked the whole thing of um like Sydney's mum was actually just sleeping around. Yeah. Because the suspicion and the onus is always put on her da from the start for everything, for murdering, for, for everything. Um, even though her dad's a pretty useless character anyway, but um well, yeah, he's got nothing to do. He's got no presence in this one, really, because he's... <laughs> no. Because, again, the theory is that both Billy and... When Billy sneaks into her bedroom window that first time to, you know, do the PG-13 relationship... Yeah. Um, that Stu is abducting his dad. All oh, right, okay. 
like taken out Sydney's dad then because he's wearing the same clothes. So he obviously never made it to bed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then God, he must be shard. After after <laughs> after Billy leaves, the two of them, after Sydney's gone to sleep, move the dad up to Stu's house. Yeah. He must be absolutely shard. <laughs> Been sitting tied up with a bloody gaffer tape for days on end. He's like <laughs> his hands will be dead. You know what I mean? That that's got a show, hasn't it, when they the, Billy and Stu's plan doesn't really would, would nobody question why um, Billy's covered in corn syrup yeah exactly exactly the, the dad looks like he's been tied up for a while what's going on there <laughs> that scene uh, where they're stabbing each other though uh, it's horrible Matthew Lillard's fucking great in that because I yeah he is. he is he starts to get delirious as well at one yeah. point because <laughs> the, she... the bit where he's on, where Billy throws the phone down and it is, he's like, "You hit me with the fucking phone, man!" Yeah. <laughs> and then when he picks up, he's like, "Did you really call the police?" Like, "My mum and dad are gonna be so mad." <laughs> there's so much blood at that point. Like, yeah. Everything is soaked in blood. The, the phone, because it's white, is covered in blood. He's wearing like a creamy white jumper. It's absolutely soaking. Uh, Billy with his white t-shirt, fucking cake. Do you know what I mean? Um, Sydney's covered in it all over her face and everything. Gail's sitting really cut on her and stuff like that as well. Dewey's been stabbed in the back, lying on the porch. You're like, holy shit, the floor's covered in I, blood. I was devastated when I thought Dewey was dead. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. The, the fact was, they kept him alive. I, I just thought it was brutal. He comes stumbling out like, oh, yeah. Sid, and then turns around and it's the fucking knife poking at his it's back. It's the way like, he pulls oh. the knife out of him and then just wipes it off as well. Yeah. He did, that becomes a trait of Ghostface. Yeah, yeah, um, various ones do it, don't they? Yeah, because that happens. That happens in the sequels a lot as well. Like every time they kill somebody, he he takes the knife and wipes it off. Yeah. Um, which where are they all getting this weird shaped knife from? Because it's not quite a like Bowie knife or a combat knife or a chef's knife. It's some weird hybrid thing. Yeah. It doesn't like it doesn't. It looks like it's trying to be like a commando knife. But it's not quite got it. It's got like a weird. It's got like a weird turn. A little, yeah, a little it. curve at the top. Yeah, which I was like, who who's making a knife like that? What's that for? <laughs> like, that's a movie knife. That is a movie knife. Yeah. Because yeah. um, I mean, with this one, they um, I think this is the only one where they knew who the killers were. I think in Scream Two, they changed it part way through because it leaked, or they yeah. leaked fake ones. They did a good job. The and... Was and then in three there was originally meant to be two killers, and then it was just the one change. And there's still a fan theory that maybe one of the other ones was actually the killer as well. Right. Okay. Uh, there's so many fan theories around Scream. There's a fan of theory course. that Stewie didn't die. Stew's still alive. I keep calling him Stewie. It's Stew. Stew. Um, it's because I hate being called Stewie. But yeah, <laughs> Stewie Dewey. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a theory that he survived. Having a TV fucking dropped on him. But. I know. Frying to death. Which might add, he didn't need to get electrocuted. That TV in itself would have been a heavy fucker. Especially well, the that glass. glass in his neck, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um I think that was the second film in ninety seven where some well, ninety seven for us where somebody got taken out by a telly. Because Gross Point Blank was the other one. Oh yeah. Yeah. Dan yeah. Aykroyd. <laughs> yeah. And um made me think twice about tellies. <laughs> you can especially, do it now with flat screens <laughs> yeah especially at that size like the whole thing of like you know this is the part where the killer gets up bang not in my movie yeah um that bit 
I think the first time I ever saw it caught me by surprise, even with him saying it. Um, and then it was like instantaneously just gone. Like, yeah. not a surprise in the slightest to the point that it was like, why didn't I know that was going to happen? Like, that's so obvious that was going to happen as well. Um, but it was great. It was really good. But once again, another brutal thing just blows his brains out. <laughs> I mean, like, it's been pretty bad that she's like stabbed him and stuff. And, you know, she phoned the police. So technically, at that point, is it not classed as just cold blooded murder? <laughs> like, she has the, the guy is lying on the deck stabbed shot everything he's went to just lift his head and she has just blown his brains out the back <laughs> i i suppose that nobody's going to be like you yeah, necessarily describe it as that's the way that happened plus he just stabbed a cop in the back so yeah there's a lot of stuff it's, that just happened it's, 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 fine. it's, it's american justice <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> well i think that girl got what what was coming <laughs> what what did you think of the revealers who the killers were, like first time, obviously. Loved it. Uh, I actually really liked it because I didn't see that that was what was going to happen. And I also always liked that it was the thing of them just the thing of um, Billy's da sleeping with yeah. uh, her mum. And that was why it fell apart. And that was why he was wanting to get back. And I mean, <laughs> Stuart was just peer pressure. <laughs> Yeah, his is just his is just well, his. and he, he wanted revenge on Casey. Yeah, it's just he's it's just his mate. Um which I'm not sure you'd bring that conversation up. Like, you know, you're you're sitting around with like, you know, a couple of the that comic smell guys, and you're like, I really need to kill some people. Uh, yeah. Let's hatch a plan. <laughs> you're Dave. <laughs> cool. Don't do us a favor. Come on, come on, Nando, Nando. <laughs> come on. If I said we're going to wear some masks and go butcher some babysitters, would you? <laughs> I suppose uh, if he's like, no, you're like, yeah, no, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> no, Billy would, would just Billy, Billy would have literally just been like, we're doing it, and yeah. that's it. You know what I mean, <laughs> you're, uh, either, you're either with me or you're going to get a fucking knife in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um. Oh, it was just it was the, the whole stabbing thing always really got to me. Um, I always find Ghostface to be really brutal as well because it's such a short knife. Yeah, it's not well, it's not short, but you know what I mean. Like in comparison to like, you know, knife hands with Freddy, a big fucking machete with Jason, uh, that big ass kitchen knife that Michael Myers is going to be with. <laughs> to the fact where you can pin people to the fucking wall. Exactly. Yeah, it's fucking huge. Um. What do you call it? Urban Legends, the big axe. Yeah. Uh, there's something oh, personal about it. I suppose because they are personal kills in this, but yeah. But it's like there's... I think with the exception of like Henry Winkler, they only kill so they've got him as a distraction later on. Yep. But um, you, you think about like all these films, though. It's all like it's it's very distinct things. Even like in films where it's like it's a big hammer or something, it's always a massive like comedy style yeah. big fuck off hammer. A chainsaw or something like that. Whereas this one, it was. It was just. It was just a fucking knife at somebody's shed. Yeah. You know what I mean, they were like, "Yeah, let's go for it." You know what I mean? It was all really close up, and like you say, with strangling. Oh God, Drew Barrymore's character. Casey. You just said it. Yeah, Casey. Um, strangling Casey and trying to strangle Sid as well. It was all really personal. It was everything was personal about it. The motive, everything. Um, how they killed them. Everything was really, really personal. Um, yeah. 
and it just I, made it so much more brutal. Like there's always that little feeling in the pit of your stomach every time somebody gets it. You're like, ah, I mean, like that's oh, it's painful. I, yeah, I mean, you feel it as well. Like I say, Drew Barrymore's so good as Casey that you generally mm. feel, and like I say, her mum on the phone was like, Casey, baby. Oh. It's so well played, but you like all the characters so much, you generally feel that even like, you know, Kenny the cameraman. I know. Such a shame, right across his throat as well. I know. That, that's fucking brutal. Um, but like I say, you generally feel it, even to the point where, you, I mean, you kind of like Stu, he's off. Yeah. You kind of like him as just that weird mate you've got. Billy's <laughs> a bit more, you could see it swinging either way with Billy. Stu was the one for me that was like, oh, not Stu. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I can't think of another character I'd rather turn out to be the killers. Yeah, that's true. It's like, it's it comes true. to Randy. There was a part of me for a long time thought it was the chief of police. Yeah. Um, I think because it was of the, the focus on the boot when he yeah. stubs the cigarette out. Yeah. That bit in the toilets where the the boots come down. The boots come down and then the cloak slowly it's lowers creepy, down isn't as it? well. So well. Like I say, Wes Craven's a fucking master. He is. He is a fucking master. He was a master when he did Last House on the Left. And he's a master now when he does this. Like, unbelievable. It's just the way his mind works. Well, have you ever heard the story about how he came up with Freddy Krueger? About him as a child looking out of his bedroom window and it backed onto an alley and there was just a guy dressed like Freddy. Oh no! That's where no, the no, look of Freddy that. came from, and he just oh. he looked out of his window, and the guy was looking up into his window. <sighs> I know, I get chills. Whatever, it's on the um, Never Sleep Again documentary. He talked about it. Ah, oh, see, I keep meaning to watch that. Oh, it's so good. It's like you need to commit like four hours of your life because yeah, it goes through everything. But it's such a good documentary. I keep meaning to watch that. I love anything that has. Wes Craven or Robert England yeah. as part of it as well because they are just they're, they're such so intelligent fucking dudes <laughs> they are they're so interesting to listen to I thought I was gutted when Wes Craven died oh, because same. I, all I kept thinking was we'll never see another interview with him like he was just incredible I, I mean I would watch every film that would come out yeah fair enough but man I just wanted to see him talk yeah. I wanted to see interviews with him he was just he was incredible and he was so humble as well. Like he was just such a nice guy. Because <laughs> you get the feeling from like you know, music of the heart and that. It's like he just wanted to make nice films. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he made that one nice film that had Meryl Streep in it, and nobody really seemed to get behind it. So he was yeah. straight back into horror. Yeah. Um, but like I say, he's so good with the character. Like I say, you like all these characters in Scream mm-hmm. too as well. You like all the characters. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Um, I don't even. I don't even really like Neve Campbell that much as as an actor, and yet Sydney is such a good character. Yeah, I think she's really good in this. Yeah, um, I, I can't think of hellish much that she's in, to be fair. But um, yeah, Wild sure Things she... was the other big one. Though. Oh god, yeah. And I think oh. she was. Was it Three to Tango with Matthew Perry and sort of had a uh, weird run in the late nineties, early two thousands, and she's done some like smaller stuff that she's been good. I think I've seen her in like a couple of TV shows that she was in, um, but not that. No, just but, never yeah, did it for me. Like I say she's just really good in this. She does yeah. the phone call really well with where she thinks it's Randy. Yes. Doing the voice. She um she's really good at the end when she you know it's all revealed the plan and everything. Where are they? Where are they? <coughs> I don't know, Billy, but I'm hurt, man. Fuck. Shall I machine get it? 
Are you alone in the house? Bitch! You bitch! Where the fuck are you? Not so fast. We're gonna play a little game. It's called... Guess who just called the police and reported you? Sorry, motherfucking ass! Find you dipshit! Get off! I can't, Billy. Oh, you caught me too deep. I think I'm dying here, man. Peer pressure. I'm far too sensitive. I'm gonna rip you off, you bitch! Just like your fucking mother! You gotta find me first, you pansy ass mama's boy! Fuck! Fucking hit me with the phone, dick! Fucker, where are you? Ah, you fuck! Did you really call the police? You miss your sorry ass, I did. My mom and dad are gonna be so I love how she calls Billy like a fucking sick mama's boy. Yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> great. Um, the score to this film is fucking great as well. Yep. It's incredible. It's like, there's like, dums. It's proper. Like, the whole soundtrack that's going on when uh, Casey's being, like, hunted down and stuff, it's like proper epic. Yeah. Like, big blockbuster style like horns and everything like it, it, it's just amazing um which i was like how did they get the budget for this like it's a full-blown orchestra like this is unbelievable um i'm thinking like oh maybe somebody just did it at home but it was 97 they weren't making credible yeah. sounding orchestras at that point with computers marco bomitri or something like that is now i can't remember how you pronounce yeah. the surname um I did write it down. I can't find it now. I've got so many notes in here. Yep. Um, and another film that did uh, uh, Red Right Hand before fucking Peaky Blinders. Yeah. Um, oh, and Red Be- Right Hand do so well in this. Yeah, it was so much better. Um, the way it was played at the start, um, just instrumentally, just yeah. the start of the start and in- intro bit of the song, and then when everybody starts to shut down the shops yeah. and it's just like, it's saying like, oh, come and get you in the halls in the bed. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I love that bit where they go into the supermarket. I know people have a problem with like Ghostface hanging around in the shrubbery and then him hanging around in the supermarket, but it's pure fucking artistic license. It's not oh. meant to be taken seriously kind of thing. Yeah. I love the fact that like Dewey sees his captain so he knows to go over and talk to him, but when he gets over here, he's got an ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Jimmy, where you been? Like, I've been keeping an eye on Sydney. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, what anybody that watches scary movie and then watches this be like, it's the same character. Like, they literally could have put Doofy in Scream, and it would have been exactly the same. <laughs> they did. They just amped it right up, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. It's fucking brilliant. But it's fucking. This, like, I say, great cameos in this as well. <laughs> the picture you oh. sent me of Wes Craven as Fred, the janitor. Fucking amazing. The mum from Gremlins is Dewey and Tatum's mum. Yep. Who's also the mum from Footloose. So oh, really? that's my Footloose quote thrown in there as well. Okay, there you go. Which is <laughs> a similar thing where she shouts at her brother and it's done in the exact same way she shouts Dewey in this. Oh, nice. But that um, <clears throat> that bit is Wes Craven as uh, Fred the janitor, a.k.a. Freddy. Uh, with the fucking jumper and the hat and the, the hair hat. and everything. It's amazing. 
But it's Henry Winkler coming out and being like, you fucking little shit kids. And he's like, <laughs> what'd you call me? Yeah, what'd you call me? It's the fact that when he goes, not you, Fred, and goes back into his office, you can just hear where Craven going, fucking prick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it reads, if you've got captions on as well, it reads so good because it actually says like, oh, not you, Fred, dot, 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 prick. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Um, but Wes, oh, Wes was just... He's just incredible, and like just even seeing him for half a second pop yeah. up and that, and like that, I was like, oh, it's amazing, so good. It, yeah, it's it's just fucking yeah. I mean, like you say, fucking devastated when he died. I know. There's I'm just like, stuff he does in this. There's stuff in this film that shouldn't work. Like Tatum's death shouldn't work, but in this film, you just kind of like, yeah, I buy it. Yeah, and I think they did a good job as well of making the cut. Um, like a prosthetic. So they do the prosthetic of her head getting crushed in the door, but they do such a quick turnaway that you just you just see it mush a wee bit and then it's gone. You know what I mean? Like I, I do think so it's lucky good. that nobody happened to fucking wander around that bit of the house. I know. <laughs> Literally the side of the house. Because like, oh. <laughs> oh, it's not be an access because it's the garage, so you've got yeah. a car access somewhere. The way she flaps about in that car flap though, it's it's so good. Like, <laughs> like Again, it's trying. such a stupid thing because you just pull back, drop out, and roll under and go, wouldn't you? But, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I say that as somebody watching it in a blind panic stuck in a fucking cat flap, I might think differently. But... Yeah, you may be like, nah. <laughs> um, but but... It's just so good. Like, there's that whole bit as well, of like, oh, would you want me to play, like... Psycho Killer? Oh, come and get me, Mr. <laughs> killer. I love the way he nods. Yeah. Again, that's great acting from whoever was in this. I don't know whether I don't think it's ever um Matthew Lillard or Skeet Ulrich in the, No, it's whoever so it's always a stunt performer. Yeah. But it's such a great job of just like the Yeah. <laughs> where he she, tilts his head and nods and she does a great job of knocking the show as well. She yeah. punts him with about fucking four bottles of Yeah, why don't um, Billy stink yeah. a beer? He should be fucking covered in this. I know. And uh, there's the added thing as well of like four bottles, like all different regions of body, you'd be out. You'd be completely out. Yeah. I know there's the realms of possibility and all that, but pff, he gets absolutely smashed in the pus with a fucking beer bottle. I'm just well, thinking he'd be out cold. That's it. Because that's the theory with why it's Stu who gets hit in the face with the phone and then it's Billy who kills Casey at the beginning. It's because the Stu's fucking pretty much knocked out from being hit in the face with a phone. Yeah. Yeah, um, they reckon that's battered. why he's looking in the mirror when he's with Tatum in the school locker rooms. Oh, he's checking; he's not got a he's checking; bump. he's not got a mark because he also gets twatted in the face by Sydney, doesn't he? Yeah, it's quite um, funny when it's quite funny when you you then notice them and you go back and look, and there is tiny little glances between the two of them. Yeah, that you wouldn't notice otherwise. Yeah, like the glance he gives. Stu when he arrives at the front door for the party like it's you know, you know I've taken care of Tatum kind of glance yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know then he goes upstairs and plows Sydney <laughs> which it's weird it takes until after Sydney's been plowed for her to be like who did you phone when you leave the police station because you know I'm thinking it'd be kind of smart yeah <laughs> really <actually. now. laughs> of all the times you know what I mean I do feel sorry for her though you know, she you know, she she finally feels comfortable enough to go with him and get to that stage of the relationship and then he tries to fucking murder her. <laughs> like I say, once you know he's the killer as well and you go back and look at the 
everything. He's like really is a horrible, creepy dick. Horrible guy. But pushing horrible her into guy. I mean, again, it was the nineties, so sort of kind of peer pressuring people into sex was a bit more accepted then. It's not right. I'm not saying it is, but it just that seemed to be the way it went in films, didn't it? Devil's advocate as well. Think of who was funding the thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just it's not, like, I've got some script notes for Billy. Oh, fucking awful. Yeah. Why is there lines about casting couches in here, Harvey? Was like, oh, yeah, take that one out. <laughs> Sorry. Ignore that. Ignore that. Um, yeah, fucking awful. It's horrible that that's premise. Like, Clerks, just... so many films. Yep. I just, oh, and Clerks. Uh, is on the video player, and they're putting yeah. the. You got smoke on top of the telly, and you have got clerks next to the camera. Yep, yep. Two Miramax films that I fucking love, but again, mm-hmm. Miramax films. Although Miramax uh, is fine now because they haven't owned Miramax for a long time. No, they've not. I think they're Rob Lowe part owned it for a while. After then, oh, did he? He bought into it with somebody else. Yeah, I don't All know right. if it's still him. I think it's Lionsgate might own Miramax now. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, but yeah, it's just. So many great bits in this. I love the way they cut between them, um, them watching the um, Halloween downstairs. Mm -hmm. Here comes the gratuitous blue uh, boob shot. Cuts to upstairs, and then she gets boob blocked. (laughs) It's loads of stuff though. Like, like I say, even when uh, Randy's sitting on the couch saying, "Look behind you, Jamie." And he's Jamie, he's yeah, Jamie. <laughs> he's Jamie Kennedy, and Ghostface is coming up behind them. Yeah, because apparently that's Stu because of the way he holds the knife. Yep. Um, but he's he's Jamie, but he's telling Jamie Lee Curtis in the film to look out for Michael behind her. Uh, and then it's the body that comes swinging, and he's a way to swing down yeah. on him. You know what I mean? But then he gets distracted. What's it that happens again? Uh, that he ends they, up getting distracted. They hear a scream. He is Sydney screaming outside for Kenny to open the van because then they're both watching it. Oh, yeah, yeah. You've yeah, got yeah. Chekhov's time delay then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Kenny's going, Turn around, kid, turn around, kid. He opens the door and he's like, Shit, time delay. And then he gets his yeah. throat slit. Yeah. And we all feel for Kenny because we do. <laughs> Kenny was fucking great. I love that you get two people who say, I'll be right back. <laughs> you get Stu that says it and then Gail says it to Kenny as well. And one of them survives. Yes. The other one's the killer. <laughs> I love that whole and, thing about, you know, if you drink, you'll die. I'm going to get another beer. Do you want one? It's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> I love how passionate I love his rant in the video shop. Yep. Yep. I love that, like, yeah, a bunch of school kids get killed and it's like, yeah, we had a run in the mass murder section. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was I've it? I've never she... seen a video shop that's been broken down into mass murder sections. I know. Was it? Was it? He says again, he's like, oh, what's that one way uh, such and such is with a werewolf or something? He's like, oh, the howling. Yeah. I can't remember what she says to him, though. Um, oh, I can't now because it's a specific person, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. Oh, the mum from E.T. That's it. Yeah, yeah. The, the one with the mum from E.T. I love the bit in that where he's having his rant. Um, hang on. I wrote it down, so I want to get it right. Um, Everybody's a suspect. <laughs> but it's... Hang on. Hang on. I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it. Sorry, 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 sorry. Oh, yeah. It's the girl behind him in the video shop when he says the line, there's always some stupid bullshit reason to kill your girlfriend. Yeah, she's like... She's out of focus, but she's just like... 
<laughs> she, walk, she like shakes her head and walks off. It's just the yeah. delivery of the line. There's always some stupid bullshit reason to kill your girlfriend. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, night is. <laughs> Jesus, this place is back tonight, man. We had a run in the mass murder section. Coming to my fiesta? Yeah, I'm off early. Curfew, you know. What's that werewolf movie with E.T.'s mom in it? The Howling Horror, straight ahead. Okay, thanks. Oh, now that's in poor taste. What? If you were the only suspect in a senseless bloodbath, would you be standing in the horror section? Well, it was just a misunderstanding. He didn't do anything. You're such a little lapdog. He's got killer printed all over his forehead. Okay. Really? Why'd the cops let him go, smart guy? Because obviously they don't watch enough movies. This is standard horror movie stuff. Prom night revisited, man. Yeah? Why would he want to kill his own girlfriend? There's always some stupid bullshit reason to kill your girlfriend. That's the beauty of it all. Simplicity. Besides, if it gets too complicated, you lose your target audience. Well, what's his reason? Maybe Sydney wouldn't have sex with him. <laughs> what, is she saving herself for you? Maybe. Now that Billy tried to mutilate her, do you think Sid would go out with me? <laughs> No, I don't at all. No. You know what I think it is? You know, I think it's her father. You know, why can't they find her pops, man? Because he's probably dead. His body will come popping up in the last reel somewhere. Eyes gouged out, fingers cut off, teeth knocked out. See, the police are always off track with this shit. If they'd watch prom night, they'd save time. There's a formula to it. A very simple formula. Everybody's a suspect. I'm telling you, the dad's a red herring. It's Billy. How do we know you're not the killer? Huh? Huh? Hi, Billy. Maybe your movie-freaked mind lost its reality button. You ever think of that? You're absolutely right. I'm the first to admit it. If this were a scary movie, I'd be the prime suspect. That's right. And what would be your motive? It's the millennium. Motives are incidental. Millennium. Hmm. Millennium, I like that. That's good. It's the millennium. Good kid. Millennium. Good word, my man. Are you telling me that's not a killer? <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's, I mean, there's not really a lot else. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, it's, there's, there's so much to say. And there's, I mean, Billy Milk and his part of pretending he's been fucking stabbed as he falls down the stairs. Yeah. Yep. I love the way he turns as well, though. I love mm-hmm. the way he does the, we all go a little mad sometimes. It's just everything drops. Yep. And that's when, I think that's when Billy becomes interesting. Yeah. Before that, he's a bit of a drip. Oh, um, he, he's Blandy McHorny face, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, he's nothing. And then as soon as he becomes the killer, it's like, yes like he starts losing it and just stabbing the fuck out the sofa and ripping all the uh, feathers out because he's yeah. just angry you know what i mean it's like oh yeah and even when he's stabbing stew he keeps going like oh stop stabbing so deep or whatever and it's because that even shows the dynamic between them like stew stabs um billy but billy's still standing yeah because Stu actually really 
clearly loves Billy and is just fucking giving him wee nips here and there. Whereas Billy's just fucking going for it. He's just yeah, a sadistic sod. He doesn't care whether Stu lives or not. In no, some ways, it'd be better for him if Stu didn't make it. Yeah, he's just a sadistic sod. That's all it is. Nothing else to it. Whereas Stu's just completely peer pressured and, and just following his pal. But it's, yeah, I mean, I love Randy's line of like, I never thought I'd be so happy to be a virgin when he survives yeah. at the end. <laughs> I keeps, love it when it's him and Stu it. pointing at each other and Sydney's like, gun, gun, gun. She's like, fuck you both. Just yeah. Slams the door. <laughs> so that's a bit much, but. Yeah, I know. But yeah, I mean, I love the ending as well. I love how this film ends with you find out Dewey's alive and getting lower, put into the thing. Sydney's just sort of in a state of shock, and you've got Gail doing the report, and you've got that awesome Moby track playing. Yep, yep, the Moby track's incredible. And then it it cuts into the uh, whisper to a scream. You have been watching happy ending, kind of. Upbeat. Yeah, yep. <laughs> Which yeah, is like, the... like this is like Predator. Yeah. <laughs> But there's that wee bit as well, just before it fade out and then Yeah. <laughs> Microsecond of it. You really gotta pause it to see what it actually is. But that's what you're that's the I think what you're meant to be expecting yeah. at the end of three with the door. Yeah. I think you're meant to be expecting that. I always remember that. I would always I would always see the end of three uh on Sky Movies, like all the time. I don't know why. I would just turn it on. It would be Sydney looking out the door and then she'd leave the door open and it would just sit on the door. And I would always catch that bit and be like, I've missed the whole fucking film. Like the whole thing. <laughs> and I've just seen this bit. I think, I mean, we sort of touched sequels going through it. I think part of my problem with four was that three felt like a completion to the story. It was, yeah. You know, Sydney wasn't a, didn't feel the need to lock the doors anymore. She felt Mm-mm. finally she felt safe. Yep. Um, plus, how many times can you have a ghost face copycat? But yeah, evidently we'll get... at least four more times. <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, we'll get to that though. We will. We'll... Um, but yeah, I mean, do you think this film needed a sequel? Because it was partially sold on him having a sequel in play. I'm guessing that's why Lee Schreiber got cast as Colin yeah. Weary. Yeah, yeah. Because it always bugged me with um, poster for two had Jerry O'Connell on it, and then when it came out on video, they'd replaced him with Lee Schreiber. Yeah. And I was like, what did Jerry O'Connell do between the theatrical release? And... <laughs> but uh, I guess they were trying to keep the cotton weary thing a surprise yeah, in were. the film, but I just felt a bit bad for Jerry O'Connell. <laughs> it was it in two was who was it again? Uh is it her from Roseanne yeah. and Lady Bird? Yeah. Uh, God, what's her name again? Uh, um, Metcalf. Metcalf. Um, what's her first name? Oh shit! What is her first name? Summit Metcalf. Fuck. Laurie. Laurie. Laurie Metcalf. Thank yeah. you. I had Connie in my head, and I knew it wasn't Connie. Yeah. 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 I do, yeah I do it's, like it's it. her, and um, she barely does. She barely ever really does anything as well. Yeah, so she doesn't. Always... Reg- she doesn't register in it really. It's um, yeah. you don't spend much time with her. She just flits in and out of scenes. Yeah. Which, again, there's a really good breakdown video of who killed who in that as well. Yeah, which so sort she's... Of goes into that. She 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 hasn't done a lot of things. She's done like Roseanne and Lady Ladybird and this Scream and um, 
like that bit in Uncle Buck and stuff. Is there's not like a huge list of things. So every time she appears in something, I'm like, I'm gonna watch that. Yeah. Um, so it was always good when you know she popped up in two. Um, I think she's probably the main reason that I watch it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, just because I know that there's, you know, something going on there. Yeah. But, like I say, we'll get to that. Yeah. Like I say, <laughs> I really like two, and then like I say, the three that followed. Like I say, hopefully by then you'll have seen five as well, because yeah. th- there will be a conversation to have after five, I'm sure. Well, um, I'm, I'm I'm wanting to kind of plow on and get to that point anyway. So yeah. now, that, now that I've got Paramount Plus, I think I probably will. So yeah, um, like I say, I rewatched them earlier in the year, sort of February sort of time. Yeah, I was like, I'm gonna watch Scream. I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna watch Scream two. Like, fuck <laughs> it, I'm gonna watch Scream three. <laughs> but it's, before um, you know, it, I was on Scream four, and then a week later, Scream five came out on disc. So <laughs> I I like when horror films like this though have a have a sweet sequel because it makes the character more known. Like yeah. I like I like that Ghostface is up there in the pantheon. With... Yeah, because he's he's very much his own character, despite the fact he's yeah. different people. Yep, within each film and. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's and it's it's just become iconic as well. Yeah, it has. definitely. Up, um, it's such a cool, simple look as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's obviously based on the Munch painting, but it's yeah, the it's... inspiration for the look. But mm-hmm. um, I just like the idea that it was a costume that could be bought. Yeah, like in a, every five and dime. And it really was. It really did get to the point where you could buy it anywhere. Yeah, like oh, I, said, oh. I got I got given the mask when I bought. Scream two from Blockbuster on video. Yep. You get you get the mask. You you got the mask from everywhere and anywhere for a long time. There was loads of those knockoff ones that went about. You know, remember the ones that was like the weird round yeah eyes, a bit and more like the, the scary movie one than the yeah, like the really long. Just the, they did like the knockoffs and like the B and M's and stuff like the Poundland. And before and then, somebody messages in, I'm aware that Scream was originally called Scary Movie before. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Before someone's like, I think you'll find you talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they did. Uh, remember, you got those ones that you like. You could tip upside down, or the blood ran yeah. out and stuff like that as well. They did loads of them. Um, that one's just a cheap one. They gave it's surprisingly decent. It's lasted like like say since '98. Yeah, yeah. But, um. <laughs> it lived in the lock because my wife hates it. I've left it on my desk so <laughs> I could have it for this. And I, love I came it. down and she covered it up. <laughs> I found um, it in the loft a while ago and I just put it on and stuck my head down through the loft. Actually, <laughs> you fucking prick. I absolutely love it. It's just um it's such an iconic image. And uh it's totally like I think he's really up there now. Like you think about like slasher films, it's definitely gonna be like uh Michael Myers, Jason, Freddy. I'd probably say Ghostface. Yeah. And then what was what's number five? Leatherface, maybe? Yeah, probably. Yes, in a way, but even then, Leatherface isn't really a slasher film, is it? No, I mean It isn't, it isn't. I never really like I It's not that I don't like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it's just Same. not one it's one I'm glad I've seen it. I've got no real desire to watch it again. It's such an icky feeling film. I just never liked it. Never liked it. There's, there's, it's, it's horrible subject matter. It's strange because it's very, it's very loosely based on a, a, on an event. Yeah. Um. Very loosely. But, the, he's got a face made out of faces. That's yeah. As close yeah. to the Ed Gein things. It's like this is very. Lo- Scream was very loosely based on. Yeah. It. Um. But 
I don't know, man. It's like you say, there's just a, a horrible feeling about it. But it's also the added thing of like the girl in Texas Chainsaw Massacre literally goes about for half the film just constantly screaming. Like there's mm. no break. There's no break. When they sit just before they sit down for that table scene, um, she's screaming before that. She wakes up at the table, she's screaming. She's screaming when she's running away from them. She's screaming when she's running towards the road. She's screaming when she's in the back of the van and then she starts it ends laughing. On her screaming. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just I'm just like, holy shit, man. Like it just it actually starts to give you a sore head. Yeah. I remember sitting watching it with my mate. Um we had like a horror movie night with uh it was my pal, my mum and 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 me and we were sitting watching that and Night of the Living Dead and it was it was like sort of staple point films and uh god all three of us at one point were like just turn it down like <laughs> put it put it down just so that we can get the the just and I always just remember being like fucking hell this is so annoying. Yeah um, but it is gross as well. It's the whole thing of the cannibals and it's just you know oh, it's, it's, it's hot yeah. and sticky setting as well and it's yep. I always liked, like I say it just feels icky and yep. I always like the redo of it. Um, it's not a Rob Zombie one, is it? No, it's a Michael Bay produced one, wasn't it? I can't That's remember it. who directed yeah, yeah. it, but uh, the one that had the whole like yeah. the project the camera thing. I was really that always freaked me out. But you go, <laughs> um, but I always like to redo that, and loads of people don't like it. Um, I've seen but... it once. It's like, like I say, I'm not a ma- there's very few horror films that I go back to on a regular basis. The original Halloween. The Scream films, um, Exorcist and Exorcist 3. Oh, amazing. Uh, oh, like the, my the, go-to horror ones. The Omen is one for me. I watch all the Omen movies. I like... I like... Well, again, I don't know if I like The Omen. I appreciate The Omen. I love it's it. Not, I'll probably like that one. I have a real problem with the third one because I just don't like the whole killing the baby scenes. Yeah. Well, see, I've got a problem with the fact that they go fox hunting. Yeah. It really fucking pisses me off. And I think they actually did do fox hunting for it as well. And it annoys me because it's Sam Neill. Yeah. And I do like him, but I'm like, man, that dude knew. Um, uh, was it the redo, speaking of Leif Schreiber as well? Yeah. Uh, the redo was incredible. I quite like that. I saw that in the cinema because that was the whole gimmick that it came out on the sixth of the sixth of the sixth, which I went to that day. That's the day I went because I saw that. I saw the remake of the Poseidon Adventure. I saw Wild or Disney's The Wild and Mm. the fourth film, and I can't remember what the fuck it was now. We that was my big four day at the cinema, and I went to Burger King in the middle to get some (laughs) sweet. We went on the sixth of the sixth of the sixth. We we sat. In row F in seat six <laughs> and seven and seven, but we were trying in row six uh, and went to the six o'clock showing. Like I said, that uh, was the whole gimmick of that film. That was the yeah. only reason that remake happened. Again, yeah. it's, it's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. It's not as good as the original, but it was never going to be. But it's got Liev Schreiber in it, who I really like, and it's got Julia Styles in it, who I really uh-huh. like. So, yep. Um, it didn't. It didn't improve on anything. It just did everything a no, bit it was, different. It was purely was done for the gimmick of releasing on that date. If yep. they'd have missed that release date, then it would have been pointless. But... Yeah, exactly, exactly. It was great though. Um, but yeah, no, I always go back to likes likes of them. Uh, I do like a lot of horror films, but old, I now realize I like a lot of older horror films. Yeah, 
Rosemary's um, Baby, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't like a lot of new horror films at all. Uh, my problem with a lot of the newer horror films is they're either overly gory, which I've just got no real interest in, or they involve children, so like the sinister films. Yeah, hereditary. Um, hereditary. Um, that one about the Spanish legend of the woman who drains children. It's like, I could, I'm not going to watch that because I hate stuff involving kids anyway. The Conjuring's fucking great. Uh, I, I haven't watched like the second one or Annabelle or anything like that, but The Conjuring itself was fucking yeah. amazing. I was petrified. I actually watched it and was like, I can't believe I'm scared. Like, I'm genuinely scared. It's just because it was all creepy, ghosty stuff. And it was like, I don't know, it was just weird. Like, it was a lot of, like, you know, the, the odd the odd thing in the corner of the window, like, just See, the eyes like, or something. I like, like creepy ugh. stuff like that. Stuff that's all, ugh. It's like, yeah. there's a very cool bit in the trailer for Sinister. I don't know if it's in the film, because, like I say, I won't watch it because of what it involves, where he's watching the um, screen and then the he's, like, got it paused or whatever. And like on the side, you see the paused image of the sinister guy turn and look at him. Oh he's yeah, not looking. Yeah, 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 that's fucking lovely and creepy. But yeah, I just won't do stuff involving kids. Sinister, it's... sinister was good, but it was just I don't know. It's one of those films where you just like just fucking move, man. Yeah, but there's like, just take your kids and get the fuck out of there. Yep, there's just not a lot of there's not a lot of modern horror that I like, and <laughs> even then. Uh... I just I, I I would love to go back to a time of like the scream films and just slasher movies. I always yeah. really liked slasher films and just you know they take the people off one by one and then there's a big fight at the end. But yeah. just because that's what I, I, it's the same reason I watch like an Arnold Schwarzenegger film. I just want to see the beats go bit by bit and What's then it? the big, it's, it's big appeal of like the alien films, that isn't it? Is you're watching yeah. characters get picked off one by one. Predator, mm-hmm. you're watching a team get taken out one by one, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's, I again, there's a simplicity to that as well. I think a lot of horror films feel the need to be cocky and clever. Yeah, I just I, this whole movement of artsy fartsy horror films does nothing for me. Nothing like, for me. I, I'm sure Midsummer is an amazing film, but I've got no interest in watching it. <sighs> I, 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 I literally have skipped my way through it and was just like, oh, this is awful. Like I say, I, I'm largely at a point now where I watch films that make me feel good. Yes. Yep. Or, you yeah. Know, yeah. I feel like I've gone on a worthy journey with it. It could just be an age thing. To be fair, like the more you, the more you go on, the more you just can't be bothered being bummed out, like you say. But I, I, I think, don't know. I mean, I know I'm saying you know it bothers me stuff involving kids, and then we just talked about a film in which a bunch of teenagers get fucking. <laughs> but I think there's that weird disconnect of American teenagers have always seemed to be like thirty odd anyway. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. As I love that, but the fact that. Dewey says, "Oh, I'm, like it says, like I'm 25 or something." I was like, "Fuck off!" <laughs> like, you know, 25, mate. Like, no fucking chance. <laughs> I love that weird thing where she's like, uh, "I would have said you were like 12, except for yeah. in that upper torso region." Like, is this meant to be a chat line kind of? Thing? Yeah, exactly. I do like his whole thing about my boyish good looks. <laughs> yeah, you're thinking like. Mm. This ain't right. <laughs> it's like there's a man who believed everything his mum told him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hi, Gail Weathers, field correspondent, top story. I know who you are, Miss Weathers. How's the eye? It's productive. Is there a problem on campus? No, everything's under control. Well, of course, you're here. You're not supposed to be here. 
I should be in New York covering the Sharon Stone stalker, but who knew? <laughs> you look awfully young to be a police officer. I'm 25 years old. You know, in a demographic study, I proved to be most popular amongst males 11 to 24. I guess I just missed you. <laughs> of course, you don't look a day over 12, except in that upper torso area. Does the force require you to work out? No, ma'am. Because of my boyish good looks, muscle mass has increased my acceptance as a serious police officer. <laughs> I need your attention now, kids. Due to the recent events that have occurred, effective immediately, all classes are suspended until further notice. The Woodsboro Police Department has issued a citywide curfew beginning at 9 o'clock tonight. Looks like we've got a serial killer on our hands. Well, serial killer's not really accurate. Gotta knock off a couple more to get that title. Well, we can help, can't we? <laughs> no, that was awesome. I really enjoyed that. So I enjoyed rewatching the film as well. Yeah, so, totally, man. Took me back to my hat. 90s happy place. And I broke <laughs> the soundtrack out as well. <laughs> okay, yeah. I always love I always love chatting films we used to. It's uh, it's always fun. And it's always good when it's a, a good old favourite as well. <laughs> yeah, that's what I it's quite like when like this is we go back to old ones. Yeah, exactly. So, like I say, rewatching Last Action Era as well was a great experience. <sighs> Man, I, I played after we watched that. I played loads of clips on YouTube constantly, just to like see the bits where you like threw them off the, the roof and stuff. I was like, "Fuck it, I need to watch this again." Picking the clips for that episode was so hard because there's some that play brilliantly visually but not great audio. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like where do you edit it down? As well, I went on eBay and was just watching loads of Last Action Hero toys for ages. Of course. I still really want a Jack Slater. That's on my list to buy. <laughs> but the big ones are the B ones. Just, just, just the a little one, one to go on my yeah. shelf. Yeah. To... <laughs> I was watching one that was a Jack Slater figure that looked mint and the car in a box. Ooh, it was on for a quid, but it shot up by the end. I couldn't yeah. justify spending that on it. So, I used I like, to if have... I can get that for a quid, I'm all over that. But <laughs> I, I used to have my eye on. Um, there was a Terminator that you could get that was sort of medium sized. And he had like all his face missing oh, cool. at the side. Um, and you press the thing, he said the lines, but his eyes glowed red. Um, and he had shades that could come on and off. So you, if you put the shades on him, you could kind of see the, the glow underneath it. And it covered up the bits of the face. Cool. When you take the shades off, it had his, like you could see it all and you could yeah. see the eye and stuff, which was really cool. Um, it didn't really move much. Um, which is what I liked about it because it, it then seemed more like a statue, but he had like an actual like rubber kind of leather jacket and stuff that he came with and that, um, and it had like bits that had been blown out of him and stuff from uh, different bits and it had like all the cybernetics underneath and stuff. I was like, oh, it's so cool, but I can't, I just can't find it for the life of me. And the one that I did find was a ridiculous amount of money. That's the trouble, isn't it? It's like fucking it. Everybody's got nostalgia, whether they had nostalgia yeah. for it originally or not. It's like, like four hundred. It was like four hundred quid. It was ridiculous. I was like, mate, that was like a tenner. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the price of Superman Return stuff now. Yeah, I was like watching a couple of things, but obviously because you know, rightly so, and I'm happy for Brandon Ray's that he's had that redemption arc that since mm-hmm. the um, Arrowverse crisis, where people got to see him as Superman again, like it's actually yeah. really fucking good. Mm-hmm. But then everything just skyrocketed. So all the little bits that I wanted to sort of get, I was like, "Yeah, I'm out of that game now." Yeah, of course. But but anyway, um, what's coming up for you? Any um, 
any personal projects or uh, um, that comics we, mail stuff? We're actually underway on um, the newest issue. Uh, so issue three is coming along slowly but surely. We're just taking our time as yeah. usual. Um, I'm not making any promises of when it's going to come out or any big announcements or anything. It'll just drop when it drops, basically. Um, That's what it should be. Yeah, we did. Um, You're not tied to a publisher's deadline. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> but we uh, we sat down and had a discussion about it. We while back figured out who was doing what and what we wanted to do with it and stuff. So we're keeping it really, really DIY this time. I think the only part that we won't really have a, a hand in is the printing, obviously. Yeah. Um, but everything else is going to be like actually hands on, not taking it to the computer like the only time i'll come to the computer is when we need to format the pages for going yeah. to the printer and that is it um yeah so like everything everything will be uh we'll have our fingerprints all over it and this time um we really want to um kind of re- like i know we always always have a collaborative effort anyway but we'd really want to have a uh all four of us on say the cover or um maybe even like jam pieces inside and stuff you know what i mean like yeah. it would be good to have bits that really have all of our personalities maybe yeah. all in the one all in the one place as opposed to here's a story from so and so here's a story from so and so you know what i mean we will do that as well but it'd be good to have those sort of elements throughout it um so that's coming awesome. uh, it, it will be I mean, it's picking up pace every day. You know how it is. Yeah. You st- you start off, you you know you just do a couple of bits here, a couple of bits there, um, and then before you know it, you're sitting like, holy shit, we're like twenty, thirty odd pages in. You know what I mean? Like, um, but there's been a couple of pages coming back and forward in in WhatsApp groups, and um, I've started working with somebody on a story, and I've got wee ideas that have come up myself, and um, Dave's started cracking on with stuff um so yeah it's coming along it's really it's ticking on and i think we're doing this one all black and white as well cool. i wasn't gonna I was, I was thinking the last two we've really played a lot of the stuff really close to our chest and and you know try to keep the element of surprise but i'm not gonna do that this time i'd rather people just knew what they were getting and yeah maybe look forward to it if they wanted you know if folks are listening and maybe bought the previous two issues they they can know what they're in for this time so more diy black and white and and hopefully a lot more like a lot more collaboration and stuff as well um oh the person that i'm working with um isn't somebody that's part of the pod but uh, i'll keep that quiet just now until we've yeah. got everything a bit more solid but i think there'll definitely be more than one person on this because i've got an idea for um pages to put together that would involve a lot more people so yeah um, yeah but it's that's coming together slowly but surely the podcast just keeps ticking on we just yeah. keep meeting meeting every month uh, like I say, I'm in a transition period at the minute between jobs, so I haven't really had the drive to edit more episodes, but the episodes keep happening. Um, I've got an episode that was all edited and ready to go out. I just haven't put it up yet. Uh, it's Wally and the Bruins. Um, we did that last year. Um, so that's a bit more kind of local Scottish comics. So that's, that's good. And there's a lot of local chat in that as well. Cool. Which I'm happy about. Um, listen back to it today because 
I for some odd reason had it in my head that there was a bit in it that had to get cut out. Um and I had to listen back to it and I had Dave listen back to it and both of us agreed that there wasn't anything in it. So I don't know what I don't know what it was what it was, but I was holding off saying, No, there's something in there, there's something that has to get cut, but it sounds fine. Like um so that'll probably be coming pretty soon actually. If it's, if not cool. this week, if not this week, start next week. Um I edited I edited that months ago and I just keep <laughs> keep forgetting to put it out. Um I do have another one that's edited up. Uh, halfway edited up as well, which was uh, way back when everything was kicking off with the pandemic and stuff. Yeah. We we met up at the end of the driveway and had like a miniature comic mart. <laughs> um, Mike came into all these boxes of comics, like loads of DC stuff mainly, and uh, we just picked through it and picked loads of them. Um, and then it was like we talked about it later on on Skype. Um, so that's way back from 2020, and I've still got that. That's half edited <laughs> up. Um, you wouldn't tell. You wouldn't be able to tell them unless we mentioned something like, I don't know. Uh, oh, that new Avengers film's looking good, isn't it? Or something <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? Like, um, do you think anything will come with this coronavirus? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but you know, that just takes me to take that out. You would never, yeah. you would never tell what happens. But we have, we've got some episodes that are still from 2020, some from last year, uh, loads from this year. Uh, we did like Secret Wars. Um, we've done another JLI read through. Um, we met up again recently. Holy shit, what did we do? Oh, we did an ode to Alan Grant recently. Oh, awesome. Yeah, that was really good. It was good going through all of his stuff. Yeah. Um, and it was funny, like it was, it was, it was nice going through everything and telling all the stories back and forward and stuff. And we did that with Neil Adam, Neil Adams and George yeah, Perez and stuff as well. I, I loved, I, I loved going through that kind of stuff. But I don't know, man. This one in particular, like we did it and got to the end, and I just kind of turned to the guys and was like, oh, "Shit!" Like it's so gut and he's gone. Yeah. Like. Alan it's been Grant, a brutal fucking year, hasn't it? It has. It, comics has taken a big hit yeah. in that sense. Um, but it was just some of the stories the guys were coming out with and stuff as well. I was like, oh, Alan Grant was a good dude. Like, this solid guy. Like, just things like, there's bits in it, obviously, where we discussed it, but it's things like them going past him at a con. He was never not talking to a kid, handing him yeah. a comic and stuff. And like, the folks have obviously been the ones to come across to see him but then he's been like and do you like comics you know chatting away to them I'm like man that's amazing you know what I mean they, they, all of them said it as well like yeah. I said it Dave said it Nando said it Mike was like oh yeah I remember we were at Glasgow and you know we went past the table and had to wait because he was standing speaking to this kid for like 15 minutes about all oh, his favourite superheroes and that I like, love oh. stuff like that that's one of the things regardless of your opinion of Stan Lee that I always liked about him was that when mm-hmm. he was talking to a child about their favourite superhero that was his favourite superhero yeah. and he was all in on that conversation because he yeah. recognised the importance of engaging with a child exactly. engaging with any fan really exactly it was, like uh, I say, regardless of your opinions of him, I know people have opinions on Stanley, but <laughs> it's like, whatever, man. It was a different yeah, fucking time. <laughs> it was. It was, uh, yeah, it was great. It was really good. So it's just stuff like that, mate. It's just a lot of ticking on, yeah. uh, stuff like that. And like That's I say, I mean, do, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I, for the longest time, I felt guilt about it, um, about, you know, holding on to these things for so long. And then I thought, well, you know, 
people listen to it when they want to listen to it. It'll be a new exciting thing when it comes out, you know, and uh, I'm not going to force myself to make a half-assed product um, or a half-assed uh, track or whatever, or like, you know, or rush pages out for the comic or whatever and just make a mess and, yeah. and it not be as good as I would have thought or liked um, just for the sake of having it out there. I'd rather it was actually done right. Yeah, no, I know. It's the same with this. I couldn't do this on a weekly basis. No, I love, no I love the chatting bit, but it's all the other work that goes into it, the I've editing, got, all that stuff. We just, yep. I've got a great respect from folks for folks that can do it week on week, and yeah. it's the, that's the routine that they're in, and they enjoy it, and that's fine. But that's that's not for me. No, I think the danger for me is that it stopped being fun quite quickly, and then <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that's when it goes away. That's why. I'd, you know, I have a schedule of every other week, but at the, and with occasional specials like this one's going to come out actually on Halloween. So yeah, and then um, yeah, I take breaks when I need to take breaks. Yeah, exactly. Probably why I'll never you know, like you know, be a top rated <laughs> podcast on the fucking charts things or anything because I'm not, not consistent enough. Not at don't all. Give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Here, mate, you still put them out. That's the main thing. Say. It's more so I got an excuse to talk to people, my friends online. <laughs> yeah, it's for a podcast, love. No, I'm not dossing around. <laughs> That's always my excuse. <laughs> Best way keeps you sane. It does. It does keep you sane. Awesome. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll put all the links in the show notes where people can find that comic smell and everything online. Perfect. So, and uh, yeah, I shall. Uh, if all goes to plan, speak to you again soon for uh, our Christmas one. Oh yeah, jingle bells, baby. <laughs> it's weird to be thinking about it now, but I'm like, if I don't get on top of this now, that's true. It's gonna be January, and I'm gonna be like, oh yeah, we were gonna do that, weren't we? Yeah, <laughs> like work kicked off and it all fell apart. <laughs> awesome. Cheers for doing this, man. I really enjoyed it. Cheers, man. It's a pleasure as always. And you take care. Hi, this is Gail Weathers with an exclusive eyewitness account of this amazing breaking story. Several more local teens are dead, bringing to an end the harrowing mystery of the mass killings that has terrified this peaceful community, like the plot of some scary movie. It all began with a scream over 911 and ended in a bloodbath that has rocked the town of Woodsboro. All played out here in this peaceful farmhouse, far from the crimes and the sirens of the larger cities that its residents have fled. Okay, let's take it back to one. Come on, move it. This is my big shot. Let's go. That was Scream. And why not? I'd like to thank Tom for joining me on the episode to talk about the film. Be sure to check out That Comic Smell podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. I'll put all the links in the show notes. We put a shout out on the socials for your thoughts on and memories of seeing the film. And friend of the show, Steve Taylor Bryant, said, I loved all the pre-release press involved Drew Barrymore. My celebrity crush for about... When did Poison Ivy come out? It was 1992, Steve. Uh, they killed her off and then they killed her off in seven minutes. Never sat in a cinema in a state of shock before. It was quite shocking. Um, Scream is available in the UK on DVD, Blu-ray and 4K from Paramount. Uh, it's either available on its own in a trilogy set with 1, 2 and 3 or in a double pack with 2022's Scream, or is available to watch stream on Paramount Plus at the time of recording this episode. If you enjoyed this episode and be bothered to do so, please give the episode a share and tell your friends about it. And why not give the series a follow or subscribe over on Acast or wherever you listen to your episodes. 
If you're feeling super generous, we'd be grateful of a rating if you have a second or two to spare. I mean, you don't have to, we're just grateful you listened at all. If you missed any of the And Why Not episodes so far, you can find them on our podcast channel over on Acast, Apple Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Good Pods, or on our website at hauntednerds.com. And if you aren't already, give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram, or why not join the And Why Not group over on Facebook. Not only will you be kept up to date about what episodes are coming up, and have a chance to contribute to them, like Steve did in this one, uh, but we also post our picks of three great movies to check out on Freeview TV. If you fancy joining us, just search And Why Not Pod on social media, or check out the links in the show notes. In the meantime, we'll be back on the 8th of November, when I'll be joined by Jalen Salah to discuss the 2001 Car Wide classic, In the Mood for Love. But until then, this has been Nerds of Haunted Themselves production, and I've been Stuart Moraine. Thanks for listening, and remember, movies don't create psychos, movies make psychos more creative. Bye for now. Again, I'll cut you like a fish, understand? Feel that dragon!